Hey Sandra, what's white, black, Jewish, Catholic, European, Latin American, straight, gay, and red all over? <laughs> That's easy, George Santos. <laughs> Hey, Sandra, how's it going? Hi, Neil, and welcome to our dubious friends. So what are you going to lie to me about this week? I would never do that. <laughs> you just did <laughs> on the last episode. You told me a mispronounced word was an ancient musical instrument, and I believed you. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, though. You must admit. <laughs> yes, it was. It wasn't. The funny thing is, Abdaline also sounds like mandolin. So yeah, yeah that's what I thought of it. <laughs> got me so bad <laughs> but harmless lies and you know funny jokes are one thing but then there's george santos this guy is a high achiever in the lying department isn't he i know right he's beyond <laughs> in this episode we're gonna laugh at all of his ridiculous false claims but also get to the bottom of who may be responsible for him being in congress so, from what I gather in his tweets, Santos is a Jewish, Catholic, half-black, gay, Latino immigrant recently divorced from his wife who works in finance at a Dish Network call center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, I know politicians tend to lie, but... Yeah, this guy's a whole other level. Well, the Dish Network call center part is true. That's what he was doing in 2012 and 2013. And the Latino immigrant part is also true because he's got a criminal charge still waiting for him back home in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did you see all of those people crying outside of Bolsonaro's house in Orlando? It's wonderful, isn't it? I mean, crying outside of a house in suburban Florida wondering why the right-wing criminal inside won't return your calls, that's got to be, like, the most likely outcome for prominent Republican women, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts and prayers, everyone. <laughs> yeah. So, by the way, have you noticed how much Santos looks exactly like Pinocchio from the Disney cartoon with his spray tan on for the camera? Oh, my God, it is him. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, are we going to rattle off like uh, George Santos's greatest hits for everyone before getting to the dirt underneath all of all these lies? Sure. Uh, George Santos is from a wealthy Brazilian family. So wealthy that he stole a man's checkbook and spent $700 on clothes in Rio de Janeiro in 2010. That fraud charge is still pending. <laughs> It's really hard to focus while doing this episode because everything is so outrageous and we're really going to have to focus to not forget yes. the lies. You know, there are yes. so many. It's insane. But yes, George Santos says he worked for both Goldman Sachs and Citibank as a real estate investment manager. At the same time, he was working at a Dish Network call center in Queens. <laughs> George Santos said his grandparents fled Nazi persecution in Belgium during World War II. Which is an amazing accomplishment, considering they were both born in Brazil and lived their whole lives there. Incidentally, on a different occasion, he said that uh, both grandparents were from Ukraine, not Belgium. <laughs> so, <laughs> George Santos also said that he's both Jewish and Catholic. I mean, I don't even know where to start. With yeah, that, so. there's really no point in analyzing that one. 
Yeah, really? The funniest comment about that was George Santos said he wasn't really Jewish, just Jew ish. <laughs> <laughs> George Santos also said that his mother was a victim of 9 11. The nerve. I mean, <laughs> yes, except for the fact that she died in 2016. George Santos said that he caught COVID in February of 2020. <laughs> I mean, the first COVID case in the United States was on the opposite side of the country on January 15, 2020. I don't know. Considering how proficient Republicans who don't like vaccines are catching COVID. Yeah, I mean, it's not impossible that he was patient zero for COVID. <laughs> also a founding father. I think he was like Napoleon's cousin or something. If yes, he... <laughs> yes. George Santos also says that he graduated from both uh, City College of New York and NYU with a master's degree. But there's no record of him graduating from any university in the United States. George Santos says that he's the first openly gay Republican congressman. But he was married to a woman as late as 2019 and met other women on dating sites who he also stole money from. One woman he met in a bingo parlor said he emptied her bank account and even stole and pawned all of her jewelry. George Santos said that he owns a $10 million house in the Hamptons. But the only real estate record tied to him is a house in New Jersey that belongs to his ex-wife. More on that later. Duh. <laughs> Don't give it away! Okay, okay. George Santos claims to be an experienced investment manager who worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. But the only verifiable investment firm he worked at was a company called Harbor City Capital, which was a Ponzi scheme shut down by the SEC in 2021. George Santos said he did not know it was a Ponzi scheme. But that doesn't line up with former officers in the company still doing business with Trump's inner circle and George Santos. Neil, please tell the people, what's our ace in the sleeve for making this podcast? Simple. Anchor by Spotify. Yes, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, even for the least technical people like me. Anchor has all the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Yes, guys, from your phone. You can be on the couch, cuddling with your pets and working on your podcast at the same time. Incredibly easy. Plus, when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Yes, Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Santos recently reinstated an LLC in Florida that he previously claimed was a company which managed his family's wealth. Note that his mother was a housekeeper and he worked at the call center as late as 2013 and has been evicted for unpaid rent from his $2,000 per month apartment as late as 2018. The LLC, called the Devolder Organization, lists as its agent the former CFO of the Ponzi scheme firm uh, the SEC shut down, Harbor City Capital. The address of the Devolder Organization is a property that belongs to the former CTO of Harbor City, Jason Benoit. Benoit's main business is a pro-Trump PAC called Republican Reset. The PAC's main consultant is a firm headed by Michael Flynn. Well, 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 I hear your dubimeter alarm getting louder. I think it's getting warmer. <laughs> yes, yes, honestly, this is where my dubimeter alarms are going way off and all the red flags are up. 
And you have a point. It's always warmer in Florida, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And it seems to attract the finest people, too. Santos and Benoit have also been listed as managers of a political consulting company called Red Strategies USA in Florida, which also lists two former Harbor City executives as managers. Despite being dissolved in September before the 2022 elections, Red Strategies USA managed to find its way all the way to New York from Florida, just like Santos did. Tina Forte, the person who unsuccessfully ran against AOC in the last election, paid Red Strategies USA $110,000 for, quote, digital fundraising and consulting. George Santos also has some clever ideas for fundraising. <laughs> well, I don't know about clever, but effective, I suppose. It was sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you're right. Effective if you don't mind fraud charges. <laughs> yeah, right. So according to one donor, Santos called him and asked for a $1,000 campaign donation and then billed the donor's credit card for $15,000. <laughs> Santos also had a campaign staffer claim to be Kevin McCarthy's chief of staff on fundraising calls. <laughs> I mean, all things considered, Republican donors are giving money to a scumbag no matter what. Does it really matter who it is on the other end of the phone? Not that I'm defending Santos <laughs> for impersonation, but at the end of the day... It's all going to the same dirty pot, He's so to the speak. essence of the GOP. If you look at the GOP now, that's Santos. Yes. A conman. The difference in giving money to Santos and giving money to Kevin McCarthy uh, is not a whole lot, in fairness, uh, in making the world a better place, I suppose. Another donor to Forte's campaign against AOC said she tried to donate $25 and later got a confirmation while she was on the call that her credit card has been billed for $5,800. She said <laughs> in an interview with a journalist, I freaked out when I got the payment notification. I was on the phone saying, hello, you stupid idiots. That's not what I'm donating. Oh, my God, don't you do this to me. And she was not the only one. Another Republican donor was charged repeatedly by a credit card processing company called WinRed, which became popular during the Trump administration with Republican candidates. Well, the donor didn't win, <laughs> yes, red or blue exactly. or anything. <laughs> While that donor was disputing two $1,000 charges made by WinRed to their American Express card, four new charges appeared from the Santos campaign, and later in 2022, two more $2,900 charges were made to the same American Express card from Forte's campaign against AOC. That donor said they had never even heard of Forte. They had agreed to donate money to Santos only. Yeah, by the way, Forte lost to AOC by 44 points. <laughs> well, money doesn't buy happiness, everyone. <laughs> well, I mean, speak for yourself, because I'd rather be sad and depressed on a multi-million dollar yacht <laughs> than in a sh apartment <laughs> but that's just me in george santos's case evicted from the apartment because you didn't pay the rent so right. in any case the amount they charged that second donor who they were billing over and over again surpassed the legal limit that an individual can legally donate to a single candidate 
And Forte isn't much cleaner than Santos. She's just less prolific on Twitter. Uh, while she was fraudulently billing the credit cards of people who didn't even know who she was, she was reimbursing herself for tens of thousands of dollars in, quote, expenses during her own campaign. And guess who the treasurer of Forte's campaign was, according to the Federal Election Commission? Who? Devon Dames, the same CFO from Harbor City Capital, a.k.a. the Ponzi scheme from of Florida. Of course he was. <laughs> oh, I almost forgot. George Santos also said he was a landlord impacted by the eviction moratorium during COVID. Oh, f*** me. <laughs> While he was getting evicted from an apartment for not paying the rent? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Harbor City managed to steal around $17 million, according to the SEC accusation against them. But consider that there are at least four scam artists involved in it, and Santos was a lower-level employee at that firm, earning around $55,000 per year, so he says. Grain of salt, everyone. Grain of salt, indeed. But bear with me for a second here. Or maybe a boulder of salt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Besides Santos, there's Jason Benoit and Devon Dames, who have since been involved in political organizations and consultancies linked to Santos and Trump. And also a man named J.P. Maroney, who was Harbor City's CEO. The SEC alleges that Maroney personally stole around $5 million of the $17 million that the firm managed to get out of its investors. And the SEC also says that $6.5 million of the $17 million was, in fact, paid back out to investors in withdrawals. What you're getting at is Ponzi schemes don't steal all of the money, just the amount that they're short after they steal some of the money. Exactly. In the case of Harbor City, these guys only really made off with some of the $17 million figure reported in the news articles about Santos. According to the SEC's criminal filing, the Harbor City CEO stole about $4.5 million in addition to the $6.5 million, which was paid back out to investor withdrawals. And another million or so was actually spent on business expenses. So I guess what we're getting at is that between Santos, Dames, and Benoit, there was only so much money to go around from Harbor City because 12 million went to the CEO or back to investors. Looks like at the most, Benoit and Dames could have gotten around 5 million and Santos, being a low-level employee, surely got a lot less than the other two did. So he's not even like a good... <laughs> right. He's not even a prominent thief. And that bears out in his prior political campaign. The first time he ran for Congress in 2020, he didn't have much money to spend on his campaign. Unlike the 2022 campaign, which he put $700,000 of his own money into. Well, Santos is a popular lad, so it should not be surprising that he managed to find other wealthy donors to make up for the amount he was short to run his 2022 campaign. Friends from back east, so to speak. How far east? Way east. <laughs> <laughs> from Russia with love? Bingo! <laughs> Andrew Intrater publicly donated around 33000 to Santos' campaign, Intrater is the cousin of Russian aluminium and oil oligarch 
Victor Vexelberg, uh, who everyone may remember as the guy who paid Michael Cohen a half a million dollars for quote-unquote consulting services during the 2016 presidential campaign, Intrater also donated the maximum amount allowed by individuals, $5,800 each for himself and his wife, to Santos' 2020 campaign for Congress. Beginning in March of 2021, Intrater started making larger contributions to Santos' efforts. $20,000 to a PAC named after the initials in Santos' name, $12,100 to a fundraising committee controlled jointly with the Nassau County Republican Party office, and Intrater also made another $12,400 donation directly to the Santos campaign for 2022. Santos was the largest recipient of political donations donated by Intrater in 2022 and the only one who also got matching donations from Intrater's wife. But besides that, Intrater and his wife made over $1.5 million in payments to WinRed, the fraudy credit card processing company that was overbilling the credit cards of people dumb enough to read the account numbers to someone from Santos' campaign over the phone. I wonder why Santos was suddenly so vocal in his opposition to aid aimed at helping Ukraine fend off the Russian invasion. Amazing coincidence, isn't it? Just this past week, the Washington Post reported that the majority of Republicans now oppose sending further aid to Ukraine. I wonder if that has anything to do with people like Andrew Entrotter donating millions into Republican campaigns on behalf of people like his cousin back home in Moscow. I mean, they're not paying all of that money because they find those Republican politicians to be friendly and agreeable, are they? These Republicans were in favor of every single word the Bush family could imagine between 1988 and 2008, and now after decades and spending tens of trillions on the U.S. military, they complain that worse costs too much. Really an amazing turn of conscience for only a few million dollars in donations to Trump's credit card processing service, isn't it? Winred's treasurer is a man named Benjamin Ottenhoff, who has been in the news for sketchy campaign finance things before. Andrew Crenshaw, a Republican member of the House who resigned in 2016, converted all of his remaining campaign funds after his resignation into a PAC, which has less oversight from the Federal Election Commission. The stated purpose of the PAC was to help other Republican candidates with campaign donations, but new iPhones, meals, and private jet rides don't really help House members win elections the last time I checked. And that's what Anderpack was spending its money on. It only took in a single $450 donation after being converted into a PAC. And guess who its treasurer was? Andrew Intrater? <laughs> not that brazen yet. No, it was Benjamin Ottenhoff, the guy who is now the treasurer of WinRed, the credit card processing company, which took over all Republican donations during the Trump administration, which was helping Santos rip off donors' American Express cards. Prior to WinRed, Ottenhoff was the chief financial officer of the Republican National Committee, actually. So... 
not to go in circles, but I think we are proving our point from prior episodes again with all of this, because there are no good Republicans who are going to take back their party from Trump uh, or save their party from nationalism, Trumpism, or any other such nonsense. The money guys are already fully entrenched in the Trump organizations, and the money is the whole point, after all. Yeah, no one is going to convince uh, Republican consultants who are making millions from stupid Trump candidates and stupid Trump donors to give up their private jets for some sort of honesty and decency principle, I don't think. The PJs, as they call them in succession. <laughs> yes, the private jets. The PJs must be defended at all costs. <laughs> yes, the costs are the concern. That's the bottom line. But don't worry, everyone's uncle who wears his MAGA hat to Thanksgiving dinner is uh, bearing those costs on his Amex card. <laughs> <laughs> Besides the money trail, in Santos's case, it's really amazing how asleep at the wheel both political parties were in this district. It really is, isn't it? I mean, Santos's seat was a reliable Democratic Party win, or so they thought. The previous representative won the seat for the Democrats in 2016, 2018, and 2020, but he resigned to run for governor in 2022. Robert Zimmerman, Santos's opponent in 2022, was not outspent or anything either. He was a longtime DNC member before this race, and he was ahead of Santos in funding going into the summer of 2022. So what about the $700,000 that Santos loaned his campaign? Is it surely Russian oligarch money or surely Ponzi scheme money? It's really hard to say just from looking at the Federal Election Commission reports and property records. We can say for sure that while he was donating $700,000 to his own campaign for Congress, Santos's ex-wife was listed on the deed for a $750,000 house in New Jersey. Was George Santos a mail-order bride? Was marrying a woman his ticket to the U.S. from Brazil? I mean, it's possible that he <laughs> may be a mail-order bride. And look, I'm not the one to judge people's lives, but in his case, he's lying so much and he always has a ulterior agenda, an ulterior yeah. motive that you can't trust anything he ever did, that it was for the right reasons. I know how we can clear this up. How? We just need to ask to see his birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, the Nassau County Republican leadership is claiming to be blindsided by all of this, but I do not buy that for one minute. It's not that research on Santos was not done. It just was not done by his opponent in the race. Months before the New York Times started publishing articles about Santos, the North Shore Leader, a traditionally Republican newspaper on Long Island, was reporting about Santos's lies. That newspaper's managing executive, Grant Lally, said that he actually met Santos when Santos was beginning his political career and immediately disregarded him as a fraud when he saw that Santos had on different occasions said that his grandparents were from Belgium and then they were from Ukraine and so forth and so on. A quote from Lally in a Washington Post interview says, We expected the story to pop a lot more than it did. But Santos's opponent in the congressional race said that Quote, frankly, a lot of folks in the media are saying they didn't have the personnel, the time, or the money to delve further into the story. 
The same Washington Post article says that research shows, on average, two local newspapers disappear every single week in the U.S., and the number of professional journalists in total in the U.S. has declined by 60% since 2005. So that's the real story at the end of the day here. It's not that no one knew about George Santos. It's that no one cared more about George Santos than they cared about the money uh, and they were caught in their own narratives. And Republican leadership, both local and national, are happy with anyone, anyone who can bring in Russian oligarch money. And the corporate owners of newspapers are more concerned with ad clicks than doing actual journalism. I mean, there are exceptions, of course, and everybody knows I'm all, I mean, I support journalists and I do think we are in peril with all these newspapers disappearing and it's not a good trend. People not reading anymore. Even online, people do not read newspapers as much, which I don't know. I don't think it's a good thing. But stories about George Santos before an election would get less clicks than a story about Kanye West running for office, I guess, or I don't know, saying some dumb shit. Exactly. By the way, Kanye West's campaign was paying a Republican consulting firm in Hawaii that was run by Benjamin Ottenhoff, the guy from the WinRed credit card processing company. <laughs> Jesus f***ing Christ, of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> so I think in Santos's case, there will have to be investigations. Um, there's got to be credit card fraud investigations, probably. Yeah, at the very least. And look, uh, Brazil is also, uh, you know, looking into him. They were actually um, looking for him, but they couldn't locate him because he had left the country. He was in the US. And now here, obviously, all these lies coming out. People are asking him to resign. But seeing how he has no decency at all. And honestly, McCarthy, we all saw him groveling with the Speaker of the House elections. That was like a complete disaster. And like to really still stand by George Santos now when we know what we know. You can't just say, uh, this is one bad apple. You can't say that. The whole basket is rotten. I mean, that's the thing. It's infecting the whole orchard. It's a big snowball. And I think, I don't know, I feel bad for the people who donated in good faith. But on the other hand, I can't help but judge them. Why would you support a Republican at this point in history? Yeah, and the Kevin McCarthy speaker vote situation has really amplified George Santos as well, because if they had the votes, they would have just cast Santos aside without a second thought. But they needed that one vote. Probably. Yes, we'll have to see where this goes. I'm not sure he will resign. I don't think he will. Honestly, I really don't think he will. I don't think so either, because he's got nothing to lose here. It's like he was literally getting evicted from apartments for being unable to pay the rent before he was a congressman. Yes, and look, George Santos. George Santos has the nerve to say that Democrats are liars. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this guy plays out. I got to think that all of his buddies from Harbor City are going to wind up in jail for sure. And some of those Harbor City guys are now sort of highly placed Republican political consultants. So how does that affect Republican campaigns? Who knows? Yes, and that's the problem, because the connections we've been making in a bunch of our episodes between Russian money and the GOP are not worrying. They are terrifying, okay? It's not looking good for democracy. I mean, the midterm elections were a very hopeful sign. The country gave a clear signal that we don't like this shit. Stop doing it. 
But it seems that the GOP does not care, just like they don't care that 80-90% of us want better gun control. Anyways, George Santos, we'll have to see where it goes. I'm sure more lies will come out and we apologize to our listeners because we most likely forgot some of the lies because there are so many. <laughs> yeah, there'll be more tomorrow. Don't worry. Just uh, go on Twitter. You're going to see them all. So what's the debimeter for the local and national Republican leadership in New York putting a guy in the House of Representatives who has lied about his entire life story, is only qualified to work in a Dish Network tech support call center, and takes in money from Russian oligarchs. Scale from 1 to 10. <sighs> My dubimeter for George Santos and uh, his gang of cronies and conmen is 50, just because this is an insane story. This is a publicly elected government official who is probably the biggest liar that I have ever heard about. So yeah, 50. Yeah, I think the most telling thing in all this is not that Republicans have a guy running for office who lies a lot. I mean, look at who we're talking about here. So good point. The bigger part of all this <laughs> is that somebody actually did the opposition research on him and nobody cared. Yes, that's also shocking. I think that there's a mentality among people that since Trump is gone, then they can just go back to how they would prefer it to be and just rake in all the money to consultants and contractors and enjoy, you know, kind of predetermined election results. But that's the thing is Trump is not really gone. All of the infrastructure around campaign graft and fraud and all that stuff that he built remains, and it's going to be managed by people a lot smarter than Trump from here on out. Yes, and that's what's worrying me. And all this inflation of Russian money permeating the GOP, okay, this is really uh, a not only a national security threat, this is, it's already done almost irremediable damage to our country. It's really scary and the implications are not good because these people's interests and their allegiance is no longer to the United States. When your money comes from Russia, the money that gets you elected, who are you really going to serve? Not the American people. Let me tell you that much. Well, that's all we have for this week, everybody. That's George Santos in a nutshell. So... Yes, guys, we are at Dubious Pod on social media. And if you like us and you want to support our show, you can become a patron on dubiouspod.com or by clicking the Become a Patron link right here in the episode notes. Thank you for listening and see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>